So the question has come up about disciplining kids or even probably a broader range than that is actually raising kids, right? And there's there's a lot of controversy about about discipline and how you should manage situations that um, and and redirect kids. And a lot of this is going to center on you, right? Your lifestyle, your values, your level of freedom, your level of patience. And I don't say that necessarily being a great term. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go through some basics, some basic concepts of this. And uh, at the end, we'll kind of pull it all together. And, and uh, maybe you can consider, reconsider some of the ways that um, may not be working for you and your family and your kids. Um, a basic principle and, and there's always exceptions, and I'm and I'm going to go on basic principles, right? I'm not going to talk about the one. What if this? I heard of one kid in Maryland that we're not going to go there, right? We're going to go basics. We're going to build a foundation. We're we're not going to get into to gutter fights with with people that had an uncle's dog's best friend's kid knew something and it was different. That's not where we're going with this thing. Um, so in in very general terms, uh, I often use this this example to to start out or break the ice a little bit about because there's so many experts on raising kids and parents, you know, who struggle with certain parts of that seek quote expert advice and they end up just making a bigger, bigger mess. And I, I'm just offer this story as a level of simplicity on the way this actually all goes down. Right. Um, I explained earlier that I grew up on a farm and, and animals around us all the time, right? There's cows and chickens and pigs and cats and whatever, but one thing that's probably the best example that most people can relate with is because everybody knows somebody with a cat. And if you watch your cats, if they ever had babies, you know, if, if you know, baby cat's screwing off and mama kitty whacks it, you know, or makes a paw at it and baby kitty knocks it off, baby kitty doesn't need therapy, baby kitty doesn't go violent, you know, and, and two minutes later, they're all sleeping on the same pile, you know, and I just want to consider that. And the, the comeback to that often is, well, we're supposed to, we're more developed than that. We're more evolved than that. And I'm going to suggest the possibility that we might be mutated, right? We may have just gone so far from our nature that it's almost like a cancerous uh, progression, right? And I'm going to bring this thing all back to the very point of nature, the very point of something so simple now, you can complicate it or add complications or twists or whatever you want to this whole thing, and that's fine. That's like what any parent would do, and you base that on the connection that you have with your kid, right, the energetic connection. And now I've, I was a single dad of five kids, right? I've got five kids. My oldest is uh, in her upper 20s, and my youngest is will be nine here in a couple uh, a couple days. So that's, there's, there's some experience uh, going on there, and I... In that time, I took in kids with behavior problems. I, I've been seeked out to handle situations with kids that have, you know, difficulty uh, for for a lot of reasons and, and under a lot of labels, right? And there's no question I would be ADD, you know, if they had those kind of labels back then. And I'm, and I'm glad they don't. I don't, I, it would have totally squashed me, but I get these kids, right? I totally get them. And I'm going to... Uh, kind of take a step back and, and hit on the, the discipline thing, right? Now I'm a part of a quite a few groups, you know, around parenting. And there's a lot, there's a sentiment that we need to be gentle, right? We need to be patient. We need to be 
all these beliefs that we have, and, and a lot of them come from, from beliefs that the parents have, right? Maybe they were from an abusive home and they've made a commitment that I will never lay a hand on my kid. Okay, well, you know what? I, I get that. I totally get it. And I get what's wrong with it, right? Because I grew up super poor, not poor, but we grew up on a farm. We didn't have money, right? And we, you know, we're teased at school for some, for clothes. And, you know, there was just a lot of things we couldn't do that, that other kids could do. And so I get it. And I made a commitment like then, and I don't remember how old I was, but probably 10 or 12 at the, at the latest, but I was like, this will never happen to my kids. Right. Although I didn't get at the time that there were some super, super great things and I wouldn't change a thing at this point. But at the time I made a decision that that will not happen to my kids. Right. And I think there's a lot of parents that had something happen in their childhood that that will never happen to their kids, right? So if they came out of an abusive situation or they saw their parents fight or they saw all those things, they somehow made them wrong because they were painful at the time, right? And human nature wants to go away from pain, right? It wants to repel pain. It wants to separate. And and that is the the, the core of of any civilization or or even being a parent, right? So, for example, um, if, if someone speeds, right, we have a system in our culture where we give them some financial pain, right? We give them a little hint, too. We take some points, and eventually they won't have a license, and they can associate pain with speeding, right? But now, as I grew up, well, I shouldn't even say that, what happened was I never made that association, right? So that was a problem for my mom, it was a problem for the police, it was a problem for my record, and it was a problem for my um, insurance. And Somehow when that all got put together, there was not a, um, it wasn't enough pain to stop, right? I kept doing it. It wasn't painful for me. I made enough money. It didn't really matter. I never got close to losing my, well, it's never, at one time I got close to losing my license, but I, but I didn't, right? All right, let me think. Now, the more I think about it, I guess I did. I didn't stop driving. Um, but Nonetheless, it, the point being is it wasn't painful enough to actually have me stop the behavior, right? And we, we see this a lot with our, within our culture and within our kids, right? So let me, let me break down pain a little bit that, that maybe we can get on the same page on what that actually is, right? Because there's, there's all kinds of pain, right? There's physical pain, which is the obvious, right? There's emotional. There's mental. That's just kind of a... Uh, I'll call it more of a head fuck, right? Where you get brain locked and you're forced to get out of that mental state. Um, there's financial pain and there's there's all kinds of others, you know? And as we, we talk about um, pain with our kids, we sometimes say, okay, like physical pain, that is off the table. I don't think it needs to be. I think it's a tool. And I've used it on my eight-year-old who's going to be nine here one time in his life. And they you don't have to use it. See, this is the beauty of it. All they have to know is that you would. 
Once you lay out all of the rules that you're playing by for your kids, like I will love you no matter what, I will never touch you, I will never, pretty soon it's like, why don't we have in this confrontation, this conflict that you may have with your child, like why don't you put down all of your weapons, like why don't the Russians just send us a list of all their shit and the capabilities of all their shit and then we'll make a war plan. Now it's not a battle of sorts, but in sorts it is, right? They are there to test you. They are there to test what you have. They are there to test you to find out if you are solid because they won't trust you if you're not solid. If you keep changing your mind, they will not trust you. Aside from the the idea that they'll get what they want, the idea is if you keep telling your kid that, you know what, I'll always love you unconditionally, and it's true, like I don't know as a parent like how you cannot love your kids, but there is a point where they can't leverage that. Like when I see, you know, teenage girls more than boys, I guess, I hate you, they tell their mother, and it crushes their mother. And what do they have left? Does a mother stand up and go, whoa, back, you know, and, and, and deliver enough pain to put a stop to that? Or did the kid just win because the kid could deliver more pain? So in, in that instance, who got trained? Did the kid get guided or did the parent get trained? See, this is kind of an interesting concept, right? Because a, a child's nature is to push a parent. But let's just take for a minute, let's just say we can flip that around a little bit. What happens if the parent steps out of the way? Is a kid going to have a free-for-all? You know what? They will if they can't perceive the pain, right? If you're going to protect them from all the pain, they will never govern themselves. And as your job as a parent is not to take care of them, not to protect them, it's to teach them to do it for themselves, right? Now, that's a critical element of, of great parenting. It is not your job to teach your kids. I mean, it is your job to teach them to take care of themselves, right? It is not your job to take care of them. It's not your job to protect them. In, in, initially, it is, and it's not to protect them from everything. It's protect them from something catastrophic. It's something that will, will linger with them beyond the lesson, Right? Now, I've, I've taken care of some kids that had some serious behavioral problems, uh, like where the parents hide the knives because they don't want to get stabbed in their sleep, and the kid tries to sneak out things in school, like legitimate concern for this kid. However, um, I agreed to take this kid one night a week for a couple of years. I'd pick him up from school, and I'd take him back the next day, and he was with my he was with my family. We didn't hide our knives. We didn't do any of that. But the day I the first day I picked him up, he uh, he said, he, Joel, he said, I decided I'm going to be good in your, at your house. And I'm like, that's decided long before you got in the car. Like once you give them some power, like power for themselves, great. But when they when you hand them power over you, you've lost the entire game and you have no control. You are no longer a parent, right? You're a pawn. Okay, that that that's at any cost, right? Now, I'm not saying go out and be reckless, but there's, and I don't know what, how the, the law is worded in other states, but in Wisconsin is excessive force, right? So while we can believe whatever we want about what's excessive, the primary is you have to complete the mission, right? You have to accomplish the goal at whatever force, right? You can't let this go. You can't let this kid run off the rails. You can't let all these things happen. So 
back back to what what I was saying about about uh, this kid I was taking in, you know, and the in the and he had some issues. He was diagnosed with a bunch of things. He had a special program at school, and, and in fact, his mom was a uh, uh, certified to deal with kids with behavioral problems, and she uh, and she was explaining to me what all these problems were, and why he couldn't do some of the things and why he couldn't follow some of the rules. And I, and I told her, I, I interrupted her. I'm saying like, N- I don't, you know what? I don't even want to hear it. Right. Because that's just not acceptable for me. I don't want to hear a reason. I don't want to hear excuse. I don't want to hear a story. I don't want to hear any of it. Right. He will come to my house one day a week and he will follow the rules period. That was decided before it started. Right. I didn't decide, you know, well, how am I going to get him to follow? I didn't decide how am I going to get him before I decided I was going to fo- that he was going to follow the rules. I didn't try to figure out how before I made the decision. I made the decision. And and she argued, well, you know, well, I don't know about this and that. And she she knew me well enough to knew that I I would do whatever it took. And she was okay with it because she was totally, totally burned out, like completely. She kind of gave up. It's like, whatever you need to do, I don't even care anymore. Right. But I, but I explained this in this way, right. I said, because he's got these mental handicaps and all these things, there's nobody, even an amoeba has enough sense to not hold themselves in any level of pain, right? Like no kid will sit there and hold their hand on a hot stove and not move it and go back and do it the second and third time. Again, we're not talking about the one in a million exceptions. We're building a foundation here. All right. And this kid is no different. If he perceives that there is a, a level of pain to what his action, he will not do it. And he he had a, a, a history of, uh, you know, when they would go to the store, he'd you know sneak out a bag of candy or sneak out a bag, you know, he'd he'd do little things like that. And I was like, well, what do you do in that instance? What do you do? Well, I make him give it back. Like, what else? Well, I don't. That's what I make him do. I make him apologize and everything. And well, I'm like, that clearly isn't painful enough. Like this kid needs some level of pain to that he doesn't do it again. He does not associate enough pain to this, right? Like when I go rob a bank, do I just have to give the money back and say, I'm sorry? Like you, you can tell like what we do in our culture and what we do in our home what is, is like two different things. Like it's all the same. You, you don't run a culture any different than your home. You don't run a home any different than the culture. They're the same. You run them the same, all right? And in our culture, we have a police, right? And they have the ability to use physical force. That's, that They have to have that authority to maintain order at times, right? And a parent has that same authority. In fact, it's an absolute must. Now, if, if a, an officer was to walk into a situation where the other side knew that he couldn't use physical force or he was unarmed or whatever it might be, is he just going to say, oh, oh, okay, I'll behave. No, sorry, didn't mean to bother you. It's not going to work that way, and it doesn't work that way with kids. I get it. Oh, you know, little kids are so cute. You know, they and they wouldn't know. They're not trying to rob a bank or anything. No, but you're training them to. Human nature doesn't change. Human nature, like a child is the purest of human nature, right? So the fact that they will push and you allow them to push, that is training them to do the same thing over and over again. Now, I get it. Here, let's let's go to, let's go talk to a professional for a minute. Well, you know, physical is really bad. That's violent behavior towards your kid. Mm, well, in anger it could be. It could be. You know. 
But all, like I said before, in once in nine years, I spanked my son. And all he has to do is know I will do it. And that's all that ever has to happen. It doesn't actually have to endure the pain. He actually has to have the perception of pain. And if you never let your kid endure pain, if you never let them experience pain, you will always have to impose something. And if it's not enough, they will never be able to relate to the real pain of any action. Again, they have to actually have some perception of pain. It's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute mandatory part of maturity and growing up to have some perception of pain, even have genuine empathy. You have to have the experience of pain. The most compassionate people I know are people that had some horrific things happen to them. And they can identify with other people. I'm not making an advocate for having bad things happen. But if your kid is going to do stupid things, like if he's going to, you know, jump on his blanket walking down the stairs, I'm like, okay, kid, like you look like you're going to fall. And then, you know what? That's the end. Like I'm not there to impose my artificial uh, consequence. Like it's not going to hurt him to have real life experience that as a real life consequence. And if you're the parent imposing all of the consequence, Mm, and especially if you're not imposing adequate consequence, the kid is not going to learn, right? So something that I had, and, and you have to do this with, with love and compassion. And, and when a kid is genuinely hurt, like you have to love them and you have to whatever. But the times that they're kind of hurt and they're, they've, they've gotten hurt, they, you know, whatever it might be. You know, it's not, oh, poor baby, poor baby, and make it all better, where they associate love with getting hurt, right? That's not going to work. They have to associate getting smarter with getting hurt. And I've used this with my kids, you know, where they do something stupid and they get hurt a little bit. And I'd be like, wow, you look, you look smarter. And it got to be a game and we'd laugh. And, and that's the way we, we manage that relationship. We'll have, we'll have more on this. Time is up for today. And uh, we will hit on this again tomorrow. Thank you.